will see you again in the fall. The Amazon Smiles program, you can read all the details in your bulletin. We just want to remind you about that. And then our schedule for next week is, today obviously is Communion Sunday and Trustee Meeting, Farmer's Market on Tuesday, Food Pantry on Thursday, and next Sunday is the Noisy Coin Collection. Could you all please join me for the call to worship? God created all things visible and invisible, none other. God, God provides food for your stomach and spirit, spirit none, none other. God is available to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine. Let us, us worship, worship the, the Trinity, Trinity and, and none, none other. Please join us in the hymn, Now Thank We All Our God, hymn number 102 in your hymnal. of your people Israel, you provide for us far more than we expect or imagine possible. Calm our fears, speak peace to us, lead us beyond ourselves. Gather with us all the saints in the church to glorify you for your mighty deeds. We pray in the strong name of Jesus Christ, amen. Our second hymn is number 630, 
become to us the living bread. Come to us, the bread by which the Christian life is fed, renewed and greatly comforted. Become the never-failing wine, the spring of joy that shall incline our hearts to bear the covenant sign hallelujah may christians all with one accord unite around the sacred board to praise your holy name, O Lord, alleluia. Not the right tune. not the right tune, but it's a pretty one. Anywho, please join me aloud in our prayer for illumination. O Holy Spirit, creative power of God, strengthen us to the depths of our humanity. Help us to overcome temptations to abuse our neighbors. Fill us with the love of Christ. Feed us the bread of heaven so that we will share with the world the saying that is true, I am is with us. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior. Amen. Our first Christian, our first scripture reading this morning is 2 Kings 4, 42 to 44 in the NRSV. Elijah feeds 100 men. A man came from Baal Shalisha, bringing food from the first fruits to the man of God, 20 loaves of barley and fresh ears of grain in his sack. Elisha said, give it to the people and let them eat. But his servant said, how can I set this before 100 people? So he repeated, give it to the people and let them eat. For thus says the Lord, they shall eat and have some left. He set it before them, they ate, and had some left, according to the word of God. The word of God for the people of God. And you say, Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God. As God provides sea for the, seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so has God provided enough for us to share as we give thanks and praise through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us present tithes and offerings. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise 
Bless him, all creatures here below. Praise him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. O God, creator of rain and sun and soil, ruler of nations thank you for the abundance of the earth we know there is enough food to feed to feed everyone alive today we are grateful that there are curses cures wow that there are cures for the most common diseases we praise you for the witness of jesus christ who showed no lust for power or riches fill the world with the spirit of christ so that food, medicine, and peace flow as freely as the river of life from the throne of the Lamb. Bless our offerings so that we can follow where Christ leads, freeing the wealth of nations for the service of the kingdom. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It is now time for our youth moment, so if any of our children or youth would come on up, if you're outside, come on in, and I'm going to tell you some stuff. Okay, Pastor Michael only had one cup of coffee this morning, so. so he's not reading the words right. Okay, so today, the third scripture reading I'm going to do is a story about a boy who shares his lunch with thousands of people because they were all really hungry. And not only did he share his lunch, but there was enough food left over that they could help feed more people later on. I want you guys to think about a time when you were really hungry, like just super, super hungry, okay? Think about like how your tummy felt. Probably hurt a little bit maybe. You might have been kind of tired. I remember a time when I was really, really hungry. Um, it's when I used to work with computers before I became a pastor. And I was running late in the morning, so I didn't have breakfast. I forgot to grab anything for lunch. And then I was so busy at work, I didn't stop to eat lunch. And so by the end of the day, I was so tired and my stomach hurt so much. And I was like, why am I so tired? And then I remembered I hadn't eaten anything. Um, and I was making a lot of silly mistakes. I was kind of, my brain was cloudy. So in our story, Jesus, he uses two fish and five loaves of bread to make sure that all the people who were gathered there, there were 5,000 people, 
that's, we couldn't get that many people in here, at least not sitting down. We'd have to like stack them. Um, and they still had enough to eat. Isn't that really cool? I mean, he took five, just think five loaves of bread and two fish and fed 5,000 people. Yeah, it's just amazing. Now, for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be learning about stories about food and God and how God helps not just the people, but how God helps people to feed people who are hungry. And here in Michigan, there are some families who, who don't have enough food to eat, um, or they might not even have enough healthy food to eat. Um, and there's lots of different reasons why kids might not have enough to eat. So I want you guys to think again about a time when you were hungry. Was it hard for you to focus when you were hungry? Was it hard to like do other stuff? You're probably just really thinking about how hungry you were. Now, I will admit that every once in a while, Pastor Michael can get hangry. Have you ever heard an adult say that word? It's when you get, yeah, it's when you are so hungry you get angry. And so they put the words together and they call it hangry. Um, you're so hungry, you're just, you're mad. Um, that's why those Snickers commercials were some of my favorites that were out a few years ago where they told the person, you're not yourself when you're hungry. And, um, but we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> But there are lots of ways we can learn about hunger and then, then do something about it. Um, one thing that you and your family and your friends can do is help collect food and donate to the food pantry like we have here at church. And I know a lot of people do that already and it is because of that that Miss Phyllis is able to help feed so many people. Um, and she does some really awesome work with that. Um, we are very blessed to have her uh, helping run our food pantry. Um, but here's something I want you guys to do. I want you later today, talk with some of the grown-ups in your life um, about some other ways you could maybe help stop hunger. And it doesn't have to be something huge, big, stopping hunger across the world, just helping to fight hunger in, in where you live, people you know, that kind of stuff. Does that seem doable? Can, can we give that one a shot? Yeah? Because just like that boy who shared his lunch with Jesus to help feed those 5,000 people, we can also share God's love and help feed people not just with food, but we can help feed people with love. And that's something that's really good to do. And I know you guys already do it because I know you both, and you're both very good, loving kids. And I appreciate that because that makes my job easier. So I want you guys, we're going to pray, but not the Lord's Prayer, because we're going to do that later during communion. But I want you to fold your hands, um, and I'm going to pray, okay? Dear God, thank you for the stories in the Bible that teach us about how much you care about each one of us. 
We know that you care about our needs, especially having food to eat. Help us to learn about hunger in our community and how we can take action. Help us to show your love and care with others. Amen. Okay, I have one last question for you. Do you know what this is? It looks like styrofoam, and it tastes kind of like styrofoam, but this is actually bread, allegedly. Do you know what we're going to do with this later? What? Yeah, do you know why? Do you remember what it's called? It starts with a C. Communion. We're going to have communion later. And that's a meal. That's one of the ways God feeds us, not just with this bread, because this won't make us really full, but it's also how God feeds us spiritually. Okay? Does that sound good? Awesome. You guys did a great job. Um, let me find the suckers, because I know they're somewhere behind me. Oh, you are awesome. Somebody's awesome. I bet it was a Linda. It was at least one of the Lindas. You know what? Take two suckers today. And hopefully your loved ones, parents, guardians won't be mad. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Right. If the rest of you would please join me in an attitude of prayer. Before that, though, we have some prayer requests. If you look in your bulletin, on the last page, we have continued prayers for healing for Drake. Um, he is the youngest, or the young son of Jessica Bayshore's friend. He was in a serious car accident um, a few weeks ago. Uh, we are still praying for Dee Warner and her family. She is still uh, missing from her home in Tecumseh. It's been over a month. Um, so prayers for them. Uh, we have continued prayers for um, Bill Marshall. We do have an update. Um, Bill is back at work. Um, back at Easter time, his GP had called him to tell him that he had eight months to live because of cancer spots on his brain. Um, so I'm not sure if him being back to work means that that has gotten better or if he is... Um, just choosing how he's using his time. So please keep Bill and Sherry in your prayers. Um, cards and phone calls are always welcome. Uh, Martha's sister, uh, Choice, is recovering from her head injury. Uh, continued prayers of healing for her. Um, Nancy Warren is back um, in the area. She is now resident at the Gaslight Village Assisted Living and Memory Care over in Adrian. Um, she would also love cards and phone calls. Um, I don't know um, for that particular location if they're allowing visits 
or not. Um, if you would want to go see her, you'd probably want to call ahead. Um, a prayer of thanks to everyone for their prayers um, over the past few weeks for uh, baby uh, Maddox Del- Delory. Uh, he tested negative for cystic fibrosis, so that is excellent news. Um, we also have prayers for a good friend of Sheila, Chris uh, Smith. He had his second stem cell transplant to help fight the battle of multiple melona. Um, it is a, a blood uh, disease or problem. And then prayers for Wilda and Paul Hawkins. Wilda fell last Saturday and has a compressed vertebrae, which if you've never had one of those, they're very painful. Um, She is in a lot of pain and is having to be patient for many weeks for there to be relief from that pain. Um, And Paul is having a hard time seeing Wilda in pain because obviously he wants to do everything he can to alleviate that pain. So please keep him in your prayers as well. Um, now if you would join me in an attitude of prayer. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Spirit, have mercy upon us and grant us your peace. We pray for all of those who have no peace for children, women, and men whose homes have been destroyed by war, whose minds have been damaged by what they have seen or felt or done or been subjected to, who are hungry or thirsty or ill because they are refugees or poor or underpaid or trapped in human trafficking. We pray for those whom you have called to be peacemakers leaders of governments and businesses and non-governmental organizations, leaders of the church and scholars and scientists and educators, community organizers and citizens and everyone of sound mind and body who can help bear the burdens of the weak. Give us strength and courage and faith to trust Jesus Christ and to be Christ-like for the good of the creation that you are redeeming and to the glory of the one who redeems all, who with you and the Holy Spirit, we worship now and forever. Amen. Atheists are not the only people who act as if there is no God. Even in the midst of the miracles of life, we often do not acknowledge God's presence. And yet the Spirit is with us as the source of life. Therefore, let us confess our sins and receive Christ's mercy. If you would please join aloud with me in our prayer of confession. God of wonder, Lord of King David and of the Son, the Messiah, David's greater Son, we confess our sins and pray for your help so that we can truly repent and turn from evil. Deliver us from the temptation to hide from you, to lie to you, or to excuse ourselves because of the harm we have done to others. Forgive us for the curse we have brought upon the earth. Restore your creation to full health and feed the multitudes from the abundance of your merciful power. Grow in us a deeper desire to love Christ with the fullness of your love and to glorify him 
along with you and the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Please take a few moments for silent prayer and confession. The river of God's mercy runs deeper and wider than our sin. God removes our sins as far as the heavens are above the earth. Beloved, in the risen Christ, we are forgiven. Amen. Please join us in the affirmation of faith. I believe in God, the, the Father, Father Almighty, Almighty, creator of, of heaven and earth. earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our second scripture reading this morning is Psalm 145, 10 through 18 in the NRSV. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your faithful shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power, to make known to all people your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and gracious in all his deeds. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all who look to you, I'm sorry, the eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, satisfying the desire of every living thing. The Lord is just in all his ways and kind in all his doings. The Lord is near to all who call on him to all who call on him in truth. The word of God for the people of God, and you say, thanks be to God. Our next hymn is number 614, For the Bread Which You Have Broken. the bread which you have broken, for the wine which you have poured, for the words which you have spoken, now we give you thanks, O Lord. By this pledge 
acknowledge that you do love us by your gift of peace restored by your call to heaven above us hallow all our lives O lord with our sainted ones in glory seated at the heavenly board may the church that's waiting for you keep love's tie unbroken lord in your service lord defend us in our hearts keep watch and ward in the church where you have sent us let your kingdom come o lord <clears throat> our third scripture reading this day comes from the gospel of john the sixth chapter verses 1 through 13. as i mentioned uh, to our children uh, this is the story of the feeding the five thousand after this, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. Jesus went up the mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. When he looked up and saw a large crowd coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? He said this to test him, for he knew himself what he was going to do. Philip answered him, six months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they among so many people? Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was a great deal of grass in the place, so they sat down, about 5,000 in all. Then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, he told his disciples, gather up the fragments left over, so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled twelve baskets. This is the word of God for the people of God, and you say, thanks be to God. Please join me again in an attitude of prayer. God, who sustains us in every way, we thank you for feeding us, your children, we thank you for feeding us physically with the fruits of this creation. We thank you for feeding us spiritually through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We thank you for the salvation secured for us through the suffering, death, and resurrection of your only Son, Jesus Christ. May we all hear your call to us to help feed each other and the world. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This morning we are beginning a new sermon series titled Faith and Food, Tackling Hunger. And it will take us through the month of June. 
I created this series in concert with Kathy Pittenger, who is the Conference Children's Initiatives Coordinator, to tie into the focus uh, from this year's annual Conference 5K on child hunger relief. Hunger is a serious problem in this world, both abroad and in our own country. According to the latest estimates, there are as many as 13 million children just in the United States who live in food insecure homes or households that do not have enough food for every member of the family to be able to lead a healthy life. In Michigan, almost 1,300,000 people are facing hunger, including over 300,000 children. One in eight people in our state face hunger, including one in seven children. Children who face hunger in their lives may struggle in school and beyond in their life. They are even more likely to repeat a grade in elementary school, experience developmental impairments in areas like language and motor skills, and they are much more likely to have social and behavioral problems. The 2019 United States Census Bureau data shows that 34 million Americans, or, one, or 10 and one half percent, live in poverty. Of those 34 million, 12 million were children. This series is meant to look at how God feeds us and how we take action to help feed others. As Christians, we are given the responsibility to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. God calls us to action to work alongside God in the world and not just sit on our hands waiting for something to happen. Now, I don't say that, that I assume that most people are just sitting on their hands waiting for something to happen, nor do I believe that to be true. But it's important that we name it and acknowledge the call to action that God places on our hearts and leads us to through the teachings of Jesus and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. Now, as United Methodists, most of you know that any gathering or event is not an officially sanctioned time unless there is food served, although our Book of Discipline no longer requires the presence of casseroles, thankfully. Throughout Scripture, there are countless stories of people gathered around a table eating together, talking about faith and beliefs. In the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000, we have an example of helping to feed people. It even contains mention of the food coming from the lunch of a young boy. When the disciples express their concern for the people needing to eat, Jesus challenges them to feed the people and performs this amazing miracle. We are still called today to help feed people and to utilize the resources we have in fighting hunger. So let's dive right into our gospel story. Jesus feeding the 5,000 is probably one that most Christians know. Jesus is out and about, and a large crowd has started to follow him because they have either heard about or witnessed themselves his healing miracles for the sick. And after a little while, Jesus goes up on the side of a mountain, and he sits down with his disciples, and he observes this mass of people coming towards them. 
as it tells us in scripture, he knows that it is almost time for Passover and that these people will need to eat something soon. So Jesus, as he often does, he tests one of his disciples named Philip, asking him, where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? Now, Jesus already knew what he was going to do, but he wanted to see how Philip would respond, and he wanted to use this as a teaching moment for his disciples. Philip answers Jesus, saying that even if they had six months' worth of income, it wouldn't be enough to buy enough bread for everyone. But just then, another disciple named Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, he comes to Jesus and says, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they among so many people? And that is an excellent question. Chances are that the loaves of bread were smaller than, let's say, a football. And the fish couldn't have been too large either if a boy was carrying all of that with him. So, it's miracle time. Jesus tells the disciples to have everybody sit down. He takes the loaves, he gives thanks to God, and starts to break the bread and distribute it. And then he does the same thing with the fish. And we are told that everyone ate as much as they wanted. No one didn't get enough to eat. No one went hungry. Everyone was nice and full. Then Jesus tells the disciples to go and collect the leftovers. Leftovers? We have five loaves of bread and two fish. We just fed 5,000 people, and you think there's going to be leftovers? Feeding that many people with so little is amazing in its own right, but how can there possibly be leftovers? Well, it is a miracle, after all, and there are 12, 12 baskets of leftovers. Five loaves and two fish would not fill one basket, let alone 12. And here, after feeding 5,000 people, there are leftovers. Now, this is a rather impressive miracle, but it is not the first time that God has made food go the distance and beyond. In our reading from, the sec, uh, from 2 Kings chapter 4, we heard about Elisha feeding 100 people with 20 loaves of barley and fresh ears of grain, brought by a man from Baal Shalisha, or something close to that, hopefully. And just like the disciples were worrying about not having enough to feed the 5,000, Elisha is questioned by his servant, how can I set this before 100 people? But Elisha is a prophet of God, and knowing what God had planned, simply says, give it to the people and let them eat. For thus says the Lord, they shall eat and have some left. Now, I'm going to be honest here. I don't know why, but something about that last part of that sentence kind of makes me laugh, especially when it is followed by, he said it before them, they ate and had some left, according to the word of the Lord. Something about the phrase, and had some left, is funny to me. I'm assuming because it sounds more modern And less like some of the other phrases that we find in scripture, it seems to be lacking some elegance or or something. It just, something about it. The point here, though, is that God more than once has helped to feed the hungry when the people didn't think they would have enough. And the example in John's gospel was, as I said before, a teaching moment for the disciples. 
Jesus was teaching them that they, as the future leaders of this, this movement, would need to help feed the people. And not just physically, but spiritually. Jesus was going to be leaving them in the very capable hands of the Holy Spirit, but he needed them to understand that they would be able to feed the people and that he needed them to feed the people. If we look back at some of the statistics I mentioned at the beginning of this message, we can see that hunger is a real problem. And it's not just a problem that is in some faraway place for people that we don't see. It is a problem everywhere. It is a problem in this country, this state, this county, all around us. And sometimes it's not as visible as some other issues that we face. Sometimes it may present itself in different ways, but it is there. So how do we tackle hunger? And what kind of hunger are we trying to tackle exactly? Are we talking about physical hunger for food and nourishment? Are we talking about spiritual hunger for a stronger relationship with God and a connection to a community of faith? Or maybe something else entirely? I think we can talk about hunger in a lot of different ways. But I think it is also important when we are looking at how we might be able to tackle hunger that we focus on the ways that we are gifted and resourced to be able to do so. For instance, both churches I serve operate food pantries. The Stony Creek Church operates a food pantry for the elementary schools just down the road from them to help physically feed the children there who do not have enough to eat. As I mentioned before, we have our food pantry here that Phyllis oversees that helps feed families not just from our immediate community, but sometimes even a little outside of our immediate community, wherever she is finding people who are in need. Those are amazing ways to help work to tackle hunger, especially childhood hunger. And there are some other ways we can work to help tackle this hunger as well, especially childhood hunger, by helping support things like the federal food programs like SNAP and WIC and the National School Lunch Program, you can help tackle hunger. There are other programs like No Kid Hungry that also supports those same programs directly as well as other federal programs like the school breakfast programs, the national summer meal program, and the after school meal programs that you can support through organizations like No Kid Hungry. When feeding people spiritually, there are many things that we can do. And again, many of you are already doing some of these things. We can pray with and for people and help to feed them spiritually. We can read the Bible with people, talk about what is there, share our faith, and help feed people spiritually. We can worship with people to help feed them spiritually. Now that might mean actually talking to someone and inviting them to come, and I know that can be scary sometimes, but we can also love each other to help feed each other spiritually. 
And those are just a few ways. There are many, many more. But just as Jesus was calling the disciples to help feed people, he is also calling all of us to help feed people. Hunger affects us in so many ways. It causes us to be drained of our energy. It deprives our body of nutrients that we need to stay healthy and fight off infection and disease. It causes us to lose focus. It can impact our social behaviors in negative ways. Again, like I mentioned to our children, do you know anyone who gets hangry? I do, and it's not just me. I know several others. And like I told the kids, those Snicker commercials are real. And I really believe that all of those ways that physical hunger can affect us, spiritual hunger can affect us too. When we are spiritually hungry, we lose energy. We deprive our souls of what they need to survive. We lose focus of what really matters in life. And it can impact our social behaviors in negative ways, like pushing away our loved ones and closing ourselves off from the world entirely. We can get hangry from spiritual hunger, too. But a Snickers doesn't make physical hunger go away forever. At least I haven't found one big enough. Not that I haven't looked. And going to one worship service or ministry event or Bible study doesn't stave off spiritual hunger forever either. Hunger, whether physical or spiritual or otherwise, is something we must constantly work towards tackling. Hunger never does go away for long, at least not in our time on this earth. Hunger truly only goes away when we go on to perfection in God's glory and go home to live in the place that God has prepared for us. I want to again acknowledge that many of you are already working to help tackle hunger in our communities and our world, both physically and spiritually. And I want to thank you for all that you do. You help feed me spiritually by that work. And it makes an incredible impact on my heart and on my soul. And if you are not currently involved in any ways of helping to tackle hunger, whether physical or spiritual, I want to encourage you to consider doing so. There are many, many ways to get involved, and many don't require a massive commitment of time or financial resources. As I close this message this morning, I find it so appropriate that in a few moments we are going to celebrate the great Thanksgiving, Holy Communion, itself a meal, as I told our children, that God uses to feed us both physically and spiritually. So our God not only calls us to help tackle hunger, but has already and continues to set the example for us. Communion, a meal that Jesus has welcomed all people to come and eat. Jesus wants to feed us so that we can in turn go out and help feed the world. It's really beautiful when you think about it. 
Amen. If you would please turn to pages 15 and 16 in your hymnals or the insert in the bulletin as we prepare to celebrate Holy Communion. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets, who looked for that day when justice shall roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. When nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ, your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the spirit. At his ascension, you exalted him to sit and reign with you at your right hand. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now, the confidence of children of God, let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, 
who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We who are many are one body. There is one loaf. We all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ, and the cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. In the United Methodist Church, we practice open communion, and what that means is that this table where we normally will celebrate communion, it doesn't belong to me, it doesn't belong to this church, to our denomination, it belongs to one and one alone, and that is Jesus Christ. And Jesus has invited everyone to come and partake. It doesn't matter your race, your gender, your sexual orientation, your mental or physical ability. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, young or old, baptized or unbaptized. All those ways we try to categorize ourselves and divide ourselves and the boxes we cram people into, he doesn't see any of that. All he sees are his beloved brothers and sisters in Christ, the beloved children of God. All he asks is that you come with an open heart. Now this morning we are doing our communion obviously a little bit different individually. Um, You have your bread and your juice and you can take the elements, the bread and the juice, um, one of two ways. You can take your bread and dip it in your juice and eat that, that is called intinction, or you can eat your bread and then drink your juice. They are both acceptable, neither one gets you a higher grade in the grade book. God sees it all equal. It's all awesome in his eyes. Brothers and sisters, the body and blood of Christ broken and shed for you and all the world's salvation. Please receive your elements now. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Please grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our closing song this morning is a song by Michael W. Smith. Some of you may or may not be familiar with it or his work. Um, The name of the song is Give It Away. So I invite you now to, um, if you want, close your eyes, open your ears and your heart, and listen to this song. She said, love is enough. 
Beloved children of God, share the bread of life with all whom you meet. Let the spirit of life strengthen your whole being and be open to the transforming of your soul by the fullness of God. May God feed you with open hands, protect you with mighty arms, heal you with gentle fingers. May the scent of bread, fish, and grace linger in the clothing of your heart and renew your faith when strong sea winds blow. Go and serve the Lord. Amen.